And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Sometimes if you just trust in the universe, it'll lead you to the most unexpected places. Like the I-95! Show's on! Welcome to No Dunks. I'm Tass Mellis. With me in the classic factory, a man... Also wearing brown? <laughs> it's Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. All right. JD got in on that, baby. Yeah, the yeah, su- super producer making it all happen, making the AOs happen. It's JD. Hello. What's up, JD? What's up? You already made it happen earlier today. Yeah. We already did a show, then we took a quick bathroom break. <laughs> we went to our respective bathrooms. And, uh, <laughs> and here we are. Show number two, our first show. We let off. Pun intended, with a little baseball. Uh, that was fun. Joel and I hanging out. Lots to talk about. Acuna or Freeman for the MVP. I know you got an opinion on that one, Trey. Well, only one guy's going to be joining the 40-80 club. Yeah, 40-80. If yeah. he does that, <laughs> it's going to be difficult for him to accomplish that. But uh, I agree with you. I'd go with Acuna. We had some good chats about fantasy punishments, too. Joel took us through some Baseball-related fantasy punishments. Okay. Um, you know, basically, like, he'd had one food-related uh-huh. one or going to a, a team, a, a, an opposing team's stadium and wearing your garb kind sure. of thing, like in Yankee Stadium with Altuve gear. Oh. But yeah, that kind of thing. I didn't explain that all that well. I saw <laughs> a, a recent punishment. I don't know what sport it was from. I'm guessing football, but, uh, like, they put a teenage kid inside of a cage and just covered him with chocolate sauce and... Eggs. What kind of cage? <laughs> like a dog cage. I don't know. It, it seemed like a pretty bad punishment. But yeah. then I was like, well, I kind of had to do the exact same thing on the starters yep, once upon a true. time. That's true. It takes a long time to get egg out of your hair. Yeah. But very shiny afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, we yeah. had eggs Nourishing. and chocolate, right? Eggs, chocolate. Yeah. I think milk. I think I feel like I drank milk out of an Andrew Wiggins oh, shoe. 100%. 100%. <laughs> In the same... In the same punishment, it was like, yeah. milk drinking it was one of the. It was definitely a messy one. Oh, it was messy. Sure. Yeah, just yep. the whole dairy family. It was a <laughs> dairy punishment. Yeah. I've forgotten about that one. Uh, also, a little housekeeping. Join us on Friday. We'll be watching Greece and USA on playback. Jump in the show notes. It's right there. Jump in the chat. Playback TV slash No Dunks. It's a World Cup warm up. We're going to find out who that guy is. <laughs> We're going to find out who that guy is, yeah. yeah <laughs> I can't wait to see that guy. If you're joining us on YouTube, it's a Greek, uh, standard Greek. Uh, it's Nico, I think, <laughs> is his first name. But, yeah, Yanis isn't playing, unfortunately, but we'll mm. be having fun. 12 o'clock Eastern, join us then. Maybe Skeets will come along now. Nah, he's in Toronto. He'll be back next week. Uh, he picked this Greek man for the uh, the thumbnail. Over Thanasis Atetokounmpo, who will be uh, suiting up, as well as Kostas Papanikolaou and other Greeks. So join us then. It'll be fun. All right, moving on here. We had some news. The first in-season tournament is upon us. Yeah, baby. This is history, Trey. We finally got through. We're living through history. This is an era. Uh, We finally got the schedule. 
it's dropped. So quick summary of how the in-season tournament works. I'll make it quick. There are six groups with five teams each. Each team plays four group games. They're on Tuesdays and Fridays in November. That's the important part. And after that group stage, the six group winners plus two wild cards will move on to the quarterfinals, which are played on December 4th and 5th. The semifinals and finals will be in Vegas December 7th and 9th. So those are all kind of clumped together. I didn't know that they would be happening that quickly, so I think that's a smart move. Uh, And all games but the final are part of the standard 82-game sked. Just that NBA Cup game will be game 83 for two teams. NBA Cup, I like that. That's right. I think it's a, a smooth move. All right, so we got the sked after examining it, Trey. What games are you most excited for? All of them. <laughs> All of them, Tess. I just love the in-season tournament. I can't wait to get on board. Uh, my first my first thought on these national games, which I think is uh, the biggest question, is Every team, I think, should have had a national TV game. Interesting. For the in-season tournament, since it's a tournament for all 30 teams, unlike the playoffs where we're really talking about the top 16 to 20, depending on how you look at it. The Suns have three games. The Spurs have three games. And then there's a whole bunch of teams that have two. I think there's a total of 14 national TV games, plus another two NBA TV games, which are pseudo-national games. So they could have been able to get all 30 teams in there. But they didn't because the NBA really wants this to succeed. They also are going to be showcasing Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. They want to put their best foot forward. It's early in the season, trying to get the biggest eyeballs. But looking at the schedule, there's a few games that definitely stuck out to me. November 10th, the Lakers versus the Suns. That's LeBron versus Kevin Durant. They haven't played against each other since 2018 just because of injuries and rest and not crossing over. Unfortunately, they will be meeting also on October 26th, earlier in the season. They probably play that game, but it'll still be interesting to watch Lakers versus Suns. Two teams, I think, that are going to be near the top of the Western Conference. Two teams that are going to be competing for the title. And obviously, LeBron and KD go head-to-head a lot of times in these kind of matchups. So I think that's a big one. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good teams in the NBA, so... Naturally, there's going to be a lot of good games here. Yeah. Uh, there won't be any Raptors. There won't be any Bulls. That's right. We're just down bad at, at this point. Uh, but I, think... I can't believe the Raptors and Bulls didn't get a game. Such watchable teams that everyone loves. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting games here in November. I think that's the, the biggest thing is, like from an NBA perspective, it's just a bigger platform. They're trying to make it a bigger platform. And I think Adam Silver learned from his predecessor. David Stern knew that the November schedule wasn't all that juicy. Yep. Christmas is when the NBA actually starts for the casual fans. And so I I think this is just, hey, these games mean something. Uh, We'll get to the Commissioner's Cup and the WNBA and how that tournament has has worked the last few years. And it gives these November games some juice. I I don't think you can really argue that. Uh, And... Really, it's a lot of the same teams. Uh, There's six groups, and they're sort of, you know, they've already been assigned. They're sort of random, but they are Eastern Conference-based and Western Conference-based. And I understand people will think these games are meaningless, but we're in an era where, you know, we we like to pump up the things we like. Mm. You know, I, I like basketball, so I'm going to talk about I it. I too like basketball. <laughs> the media is going to talk about it. <laughs> people on X are going to talk about it. People on every platform are going to talk about it. So it's going to work, I think. Um, so as far as the games goes... Like you're seeing a lot of, like you said, similar games from the other part of the season because there are three groups of Eastern Conference mm-hmm. teams and three groups of Western Conference teams. Like you're getting a Christmas Day game months earlier. You're yep. getting Knicks Bucks. 
uh, months earlier. You're getting Spurs OKC, which I was actually legitimately excited for. November 14th. That's a huge one, I thought. The Presti Bowl. Um, you know, call it what you, Tony Parker gave a shout out when he was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. He said, R.C. Buford, you made this thing, but let me give let me give a quick shout out to Sam Presti too because he was there for all my workouts when you guys selected me and, huh. and made me who I am. So yeah, that's the that's the yeah the future there. OKC and, and the Spurs, and what we'll get to. Uh, a little of the, yeah, the Christmas Day games and teams like OKC and the Spurs who've missed out. But, yeah, lots of great games. Yeah, Wemby versus Chet is going to be awesome November 14th for a doubleheader uh, like a lot of these games, like all of these games are on Tuesdays and Fridays. November 28th, you got the Bucks versus the Heat and then the Warriors versus the Kings. Two playoff rematches. I think that's going to be awesome. The Kings and Warriors do play earlier in the season uh, as well, but... Those are two teams that are just fun to watch go against each other, especially we had the DeMontis Sabonis Draymond Green stomp incident during the playoffs. And then, yeah. of course, uh, the Bucks and the Heat, the 8 1 upset uh, in, in the playoffs earlier this year. So that was really exciting. Yeah. Warriors Kings, you just said, um, let's get to those groups. Did you, did you make a mistake? Because I see you looking at something. I, I just say... really couldn't believe that uh, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks were the one seed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, the the that was a big time upset. Oh, okay, remember? Yeah, remember that? It remember was. That? I, yeah, I thought they wouldn't take the regular season seriously. It was sort of an upset. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that Chris Middleton was out all year. I know people are saying that the Celtics are the favorites in the Eastern Conference. They're actually the favorites to win this tournament as well uh, from the Eastern Conference. But that's weird. Why? I think they got the easiest group. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's what it is to me. Is uh, East C, I'm going to call it the group of dunks, since it's got all of our teams in there. Obviously, the Bulls and the Raptors uh, facing off in East C. You throw in Esh's Boston Celtics, and we're really talking about uh, three of the four most no-dunksy teams in the league. If they would have been able to work the Hawks in there, it would have been perfect. But the Celtics should pretty easily win East C, I do believe, because, you know, they were at the top of the Eastern Conference for a huge chunk of last season. The Nets, their record is a little artificially inflated from last year because of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden start to the season when they were really good. Then they kind of turned into more of a play-in team as uh, the year went on and they made the big trade with the Suns. So you got three play-in quality teams, I think, in the Nets, Raptors, and Bulls. And then the Magic are going to be scratching to get into the play-in tournament as well. So you're looking at... Four teams in East C that are going to be seated at the end of the year, like between 9 through 12, yeah. uh, most likely, which is why I think the Celtics are most likely uh, to advance out of their groups, out of all the groups yeah. out there. Then you look out in the Western Conference, and all of these groups are stacked in the West because there are so many good teams in the West. In West A, you've got the Lakers and Suns. We talked about their playing pretty early in the tournament. Those are two teams who are going to be trying to get into the finals this year. West B has four MVP candidates, if you want to throw Kawhi Leonard into the mix, not to mention a new-look team in the Rockets, who are going to be probably taking this tournament super seriously. And then West C, you've got Steph Curry and all of the young buzzy guys in Wembenyama, Chet Holmgren, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, like a bunch of young up-and-coming stars. So the West is completely stacked. And once you see it broken down into the groups, you're like, oh, I guess the Eastern Conference hasn't made that much headway uh, when it comes to conference imbalance. Absolutely. The more intriguing groups are in the Western Conference, 100%. Yeah, the Group C one is a little soft in uh, in the Eastern Conference, and the Westerns are 
they're all tough. Um, it, there's no free ride to the quarterfinals and to a potential 500K for each winning player, the first NBA Cup, and hoisting it over their heads in Las Vegas for any squad in the Western Conference. So which one is the most intriguing from those Western? It's got to be a Western Conference. A Western group, right? It's not an Eastern group because you're, you're right. Yeah, they're super stacked. I think um, – um, I guess I would – Say West B is probably the most intriguing group for me because it's got the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Rockets. The Rockets are probably at the bottom of that group, but early in the season is when young teams thrive the most before, you know, maybe the lack of depth catches up as the season goes on. Less of a scouting report. They're going to be bringing in a whole bunch of new players, so... I think the Rockets can at least be competitive in the first month of the season. And then I feel like between the Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, and Mavericks, any of those teams could easily win this group depending on who they have available. We assume the Nuggets will be at full strength with Jokic and Murray, so they're going to be the favorites, obviously. But if Kawhi Leonard is healthy to start the season with the Clippers, if Paul George is still healthy at that time, the Clippers are going to be a tough out there. Same for the Pelicans. If Zion's on the court, they were first place in the Western Conference when he was healthy last season. And then the Mavericks, I think, are definitely better this year, adding Grant Williams and just adding more depth and role players alongside Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, who now will have had more time to get used to playing uh, alongside each other. I think that group is going to be really tough. And yeah, absolutely. Hard to tell who's going to come out of the come out of that Westby. Yeah, I can't decide if West B or West C is the group of death. I, I, there's probably a little more top end teams with in West B with with the Nuggets, but at the same time, West C could easily have that with the Warriors, the Kings, and then you've got the Wolves, Thunder, and Spurs. So yeah, both absolutely stacked. West A, I guess, is the group that you'd want to be in if you want to advance uh, because it, it's. It's a little difficult in B and C, but the Suns and Lakers, and then you've got the Grizzlies without John Morant mm-hmm. at this point of the season. Uh, and I thought, uh, and, then, and then the Jazz and Blazers to round out that group. And I think it is sort of interesting considering that these games are all in November and then early December. There will unlikely be any teams that have trades go on because trades don't usually happen at this point. Yeah. And then December 15th is the point where newly signed players can be traded. So there's that little tiny, tiny thing. But I do think it's weird that they decided to keep all Western Conference teams and all Eastern Conference teams together. I I, I just thought... They, could have, they didn't need to break it down by conference, I guess. Yeah. I don't really understand the reason. Flights? Uh, <laughs> but but we don't we don't know the rest of the schedule. The rest of the schedule, the actual NBA schedule is going to be released on Thursday, so we don't know where they're flying from. And I, I ain't doing that work. I don't care about that. I just think it would be nice for fans to have an extra game. If you're a Pelicans fan, you get to go see, you know, you see Trey Young come to town one more time or, or that kind of thing. Uh, just one additional game because they always play the Eastern Conference teams. Why another one? Are they trying to build that rivalry? I don't I don't really get that. I think this is supposed to be different, so why not? It's a good opportunity for a fan base to see another game uh, from the other conference. I suppose uh, every team plays each other in their group twice, right? No, I think it's just once. Oh, they play each other once. Yeah. Yeah, So it could have been only one of two uh, of the interconference games. Yeah, I guess they could have done it. Maybe they will uh, going forward, but it definitely doesn't have to be broken down by East and West. If I'm looking at a group, though, uh, that's the ripest for an upset where mm. the alleged top seed will not go through, I think it is East A, which is the Sixers, the Cavs, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. 
the Sixers are a little unsettled <laughs> right now, to yeah. say the least. Early in the season, they could still be dealing with James Harden drama. That is a guy we've seen traded early in the season, uh, in the past. So maybe their team isn't at full strength. And then you look at teams like the Pacers and the Pistons. Like I said, young teams are more apt to catch you off guard early in the season. So I could see them. Like, I don't see a lot of difference between the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons to start the year. As as time goes on, surely the Hawks will finish higher in the standings, but I think that those three teams can be pretty equal uh, if everything goes right. And then the Cavs, I mean, they've definitely improved this year. They had a great season last year, but I don't think they're locked in as the second-best team uh, in East A. Wouldn't be surprised to see uh, uh, one of the lower seeds from last season go through A. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the one. You can sneak in. A little, a little sneaky. A little sneaky uh, B gets harder and C gets harder uh, in the Eastern Conference. But I wonder how this is all just going to shake out. Like if coaches are going to decide, we're going to put our younger guys in on these tournament games. Like coach Adrian Griffin, new coach for the Milwaukee Bucks, said or a couple months ago when he was hired, I think this is a good opportunity for younger players to see some brighter lights. And... During the group play, the lights are going to be the exact same tone. I mean, exact same amount of lumens. Same old lights. Yeah, uh, nothing changing. But when you get to the semifinals and the finals, I could see his point because we just watched the Commissioner's Cup um, on Tuesday on Amazon Prime, and the lights were a little bit brighter. That one was in Las Vegas because the Las Vegas Aces are awesome. Uh, but I, I wonder if coaches are going to decide to do something different with their rotations. It hasn't happened in the WNBA for three years that they've done it, uh, according to uh, Sabrina Merchant, who works for The Athletic, who was on the pod uh, a little bit earlier this season. I think it was, it was July that we had her on. But I just wonder in general, um, you know, let me ask you this way. Is the league taking the right steps to make it relevant, to make this thing a thing well, they did a huge schedule release before we actually get the real schedule for the NBA, so they're invested in blowing it up, and the thing that sticks out to me as something that's a smart marketing move for the league is on, I think it's November 25th, if I have my dates right, or November 24th, sorry, the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Four national games. We got a quadruple header on that day. That's a day that a lot of people have off work and are sitting home. People are watching football. On Thanksgiving, maybe they're going to be watching the in-season tournament on that next Friday. So I think that's a pretty big move to have an appointment viewing kind of thing going down on a day where people will have a chance to sit and watch pin yeah. the players. I think it is going to be big. We'll see how it shakes out with regards uh, to rotations and younger players because I think the timing of the tournament kind of suggests that young players will get more of a chance just because coaches – are giving young players more of a chance earlier in the season before the leashes get shorter, before the rotations really shrink. You need everybody uh, for an 82-game season, and since this is part of the regular season, those young guys are going to be playing before maybe they've lost the trust of the coach or maybe another trade has happened or somebody picks up an injury. So the rotations in at least the group stage, I think, are going to be pretty deep. And then once we get into the knockout stage, we'll see how different teams and different uh, coaches decide to handle things. Uh, I like to nerd out with the schedule. So you said Black Friday, uh, day after Thanksgiving, is going to be hot, four national games. There's no football on that day, right? They skip that Friday. And they, they don't try and steal anything from just because like, everybody's at home and football is basically put on every day of the week, it feels like. They have Thursday, 
obviously Thanksgiving. They got their triple header. But I'm like 99% sure they don't have Black Friday because we're going to get to Christmas Day a little bit later. We're going to rank the top five Christmas Day games that have been set. And I know the NFL is trying to take a piece of that. They've got three games on Christmas Day, which is a Monday. It does look like we have one game on November 24th um, in the NFL, Dolphins-Jets. Can the NFL just step off first? I mean, like they want <laughs> every day, them. man. They want every day. They're coming for every day. That's a big game, too. I mean, Rodgers? Yeah. In the AFC East? Let's see how he does. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but, uh, but yeah. that, uh, I do think that actually will be a sort of big game uh, in the NFL, <laughs> yeah, but it's only right. one. It's only, it's one. only one. And who's it going to be going head-to-head against? The Orlando Magic versus the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do think the NFL is going to outdraw for that time slot, but the next one's all oh, no, NBA. No, we're good. We're good. The, yeah. the ESPN ones. San Antonio, yeah. Golden State, Miami, <laughs> New York. Uh, Boston, Orlando, Phoenix, Memphis on the NBA TV, which is yeah. national TV, which isn't national TV. Anyway, you're right. Um, the money, I think, is interesting because I know the initial thought was, oh, 500000 per player for the winning team. Everybody makes $50 million. They don't care. That ain't true. There are plenty, plenty of players who make below $10 million. Broken down like this from, you know, from, from base salary, from $0 million, from $0 million let's call it that, to $10 million – Sixty-five percent of players live in that world where they're making under ten million. You know, five, six. So five hundred k is a real sum. Lots of players make two hundred, two million, or three million, and that's why I think going back to the Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin thinking that maybe young players would be a little bit more motivated for five hundred k. But hearing Richard Jefferson on ESPN during the reveal of the in-season tournament schedule, he was saying players are going to play for that uh, five hundred thousand really means stuff, and maybe that's because. RJ's not playing in this modern era, and he played a few years ago where 500K meant more, but it still does. I I think it still does. Um, yeah, Again, Bobby Marks broke it down with 65% of players earn under 10, but, like, yeah, it's a good chunk of players, you know, make that four or five. So that's, like, you know, 10%. Yeah. 10% bonus. Hello. And you're playing for it. You're playing hard for it, I, I assume. Like, the group stage, as much as I say it's going to be juice, ju- a little bit more juice to it, it's – they're, they're games. They're, 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 games. They're, they're regular season games. But I think once you get to the quarterfinals, especially the semifinals and the finals, which is where the NBA is making its money from sponsors and all that, more so. Um, I think, yeah, players will be playing for it. Uh, yeah, to go down the line, 500K for each player on the winning team, 200K for players on the second place team, and then a measly 100K for players on the losing semifinals teams. And even if you make the quarterfinals... And you lose there. It's fifty thousand per player. All that to you say, you want to make the knockout stage. You want to make the knockout stage. You get a bonus. If, uh, I, were, uh, if I were making a company man case, I would say that these in-season tournament games are the most meaningful games on the schedule <laughs> because they count twice. They count for the regular season and they count for the tournament, and you get paid for the regular season, and maybe you get paid for the tournament as well. These are the most important games on the entire schedule, Tass. <sighs> What a sell! <laughs> just sold it. Get me that NBA hat that we <laughs> saw, because uh, that's a, that's an NBA hat kind of take right there. But there are a few teams like in the bottom ten in team payrolls this season who you could see advancing. Sacramento, twenty second in payroll right now. Twenty third are the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you want to get crazy, the Pacers, twenty ninth in the league. There are teams where five hundred thousand dollars per player, or even the twenty five to fifty thousand that you're getting just for advancing. That's a big deal. Totally. It totally is. And 
you know, moving over to the WNBA where we watched the third Commissioner's Cup happen just yesterday, the Las Vegas Aces hosting the New York Liberty, and the Liberty came in there and took care of business. It was a really fun game to watch. Uh, in, in Las Vegas, it was a great atmosphere. It, it was buzzing, and they wanted to win that game. It was clear. Uh, obviously, the monetary bonuses are different in terms of percentage, uh, but as we had uh, Sabrina Merchant on, who covers women's basketball, a little earlier on July 17th on our pod, she said, last year when the Aces won the in-season tournament, and then they won the finals, they celebrated like it was 80%. Like their their in-season tournament was like 80% of their celebration of their finals. That's a high percentage. I don't know if we're going to get that. <laughs> but they they had hats. That's That's the key. I think that just shows you that this is an actual – trophy they are playing for because they gave them hats uh the liberty celebrating unesco was balling what'd you think of the game that was a f- really fun game to watch and i thought that it definitely mattered uh to the players out there kind of felt like a game seven how sloppy it started a lot of jitters <laughs> out there neither team could score for at least the first three minutes of the game it maybe even stretched into uh the fourth minute but eventually Maureen <laughs> johannes kind of caught fire oh, 17 hot. points for her and then the yeah, other celebrations they were nice afterwards. We got merch. We got hats. We got shirts. We got in beautiful cups <laughs> handed out for the MVP, John Quell Jones, who was dominant inside. And afterwards, you heard Brianna Stewart say, this is the first piece of hardware we're bringing home. The Aces won the Commissioner's Cup last year before going on to win the championship. The Liberty are a team that just came together this year. whole bunch of new players. Uh, so for them, it was definitely significant to get their first win here. A lot of WNBA players are used to playing European schedules where they might have more championships rather than just the big one at the end. So right. maybe it's more built in to the game uh, for the WNBA, but uh, it looked like an intense game. It felt like a playoff game. Maybe it didn't feel like game seven of the NBA finals, but it felt like it really mattered uh, to the Liberty and to the Aces. Uh, totally. And you bring up a European point, and that's a good point. I heard Spears say this, that, there are there's an European influence in the NBA game as well, and they tend to care about it. And maybe not year one here as we get into October, November, but as you saw last night uh, with the WNBA side of things, tell people they're winning a trophy, um, and you add a little monetary bonus to it, which could rise as the years go on in the NBA. Everything seems to be rising. Uh, so... Yeah, I think it could matter. Uh, I, maybe not year one for this NBA Cup, although it's a great name. Uh, I'd want to play for the NBA Cup if I was in the NBA. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we got a future here. I, I think the, the, the giving games in November a little bit more value makes a lot of sense uh, for the NBA in general. Absolutely. The schedule dropped last night. I was talking it over with Laura. She's like, why are they doing this? I said, because people – get bored with the NBA in November. It's exciting when the season comes back. We've just got a handful of games per night as uh, we're kind of getting our feet under us. Then once the season really kicks in, it's just games every night and things can kind of get lost. So this gives it a little bit more weight, a little bit more spice. And if the championship game turns out like the WNBA Commissioner's Cup Championship did, people are going to be excited because that was a back and forth game. The Las Vegas Aces crowd was definitely into it. And now looking forward... Those two teams are on a collision course for the WNBA championship as it goes further on. I think that's a little bit more motivation for a team like the Aces as well, saying, hey, they just took a regular season game off of us. They just took the Commissioner's Cup off of us. Now we got to bounce back and take care of business 
come real playoff time. So I think uh, it gives us a little bit more spice in November and December, and it could pay off further down the line as well. That's true. Yeah, the WNBA script couldn't be written any better in terms of those two teams coming together, playing the Commissioner's Cup. They are the two headliner teams. And they actually play again tomorrow, I think. They play yeah. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get back to the regular season. Back to the regular season. Yeah, it's a little different in the WNBA because the tournament is 10 games of their 40-game schedule, so it's a larger chunk than, the, than these ones will be uh, in the NBA. But getting to the uh, traditional NBA schedule, um, we've got to talk about the Christmas Day games. We've got to talk about opening night games. But we also got to take a break. We get paid here, too, uh, on No Dunk. So uh, we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right. We didn't get your uh, mushroom freestyle there in the ad that we, <laughs> that we had yesterday. Kenny Rogers freestyle. Mushroom freestyle, I should call it. <laughs> That's right. This, yeah. So if you need to go you know, fill, fulfill your podcasting uh, episode list, mm-hmm. go on back. August 15th. I don't have the time code, but trade. <laughs> trade End tra- of A block into B, the transitional period. Yeah, we got, you know, things are a little light. Go back. Take what, it you, in. You think things are light because we're devoting uh, two blocks here to a schedule that we don't even have the full schedule yet? You know what? I, uh, I, I, yeah, but <laughs> welcome to August for sure. <gasps> That's right. Um, I don't really like talking about the whole NBA schedule. I like the key dates. Yeah, I, I saw people saying, how come you're not doing this Friday after we have the entire schedule out? Here, let me tell you. Let me tell you. The Atlanta Hawks play the Washington Wizards four times. The Toronto Raptors play the Brooklyn Nets four times. You're t- you're ba- I know I know the exact teams your, your favorite team is playing. I bet 82 games every single team. Yeah. What matters is the... What matters is opening the tent night, poles. Christmas, and a new tent pole, the in-season tournament. We're talking about the in-season tournament. We're talking oh, tourneys. Yeah, yeah. Are we corporate shills? We're not getting, <laughs> we're not getting paid by the NBA. Uh, it's something to talk about, and that's why the NBA did it, and that's why it's in November. I think, I think they did it right. Um, so, yeah, we got some details on, on a few key dates, like Shams was dropping some first-week games. Some some info there, but the full release Thursday, August seventeenth, as you said, we got the real information on opening night, Christmas Day, which we'll get to. But let's start with opening night. We got a Western Conference Finals rematch: the Lakers at the Nuggets. The Nuggets raising the banner, LeBron looking up at that thing, and then they shall play. And then second game, Suns at the Warriors. Holy. 
That's Holy KD, shit. baby. That's KD playing in Golden State for the first time since yeah. leaving. If I'm not mistaken, I, I'm, I'm not, I think you're probably right. And yeah, it just hasn't happened. We'll we'll check as we talk here, but seeing those two games as the only two games on the opening night sked, did they get it right? Yeah, I mean they nailed it. <laughs> this is a Barbenheimer, two blockbusters. Honestly, right? It's like the three biggest legends currently in the NBA right now: LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. They're all playing, and the best player in the league is raising his first banner in Nikola Jokic. That's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you can't really get much better than that. It's a little odd to me that there's no Eastern Conference teams playing uh, in this, but I feel like that's probably somewhat related to the Nuggets being in the mountain time zone. So they have to have a little bit later start. You could easily bring in, I don't know, the Celtics and have them play against the Nuggets or start with a 7 o'clock game. But for the timing of the Nuggets, them being the the kickoff, I think is huge. But, yeah, this is going to be – uh, a great start to the season. You got a playoff rematch in the Nuggets and the Lakers. You've also got a little bit of spice between LeBron and Michael Malone. Yeah. Is that a rivalry? Can you have <laughs> a rivalry between a coach and a player because one guy fake retired and then another guy made a joke about it and then another guy made a joke about joking about it? <laughs> I don't know, but it feels like there's a little extra spice and, you know, the Lakers did get swept last season. People like to tell you it was a close sweep. It'll be interesting to see how much closer they get. I think you probably would favor the Lakers in this one just because it's hard to win on ring night. You're just waiting around a long time if you're the Nuggets. So I wouldn't be surprised to see L.A. take that win. But that's a spicy matchup. I would say if anyone has ring night experience, it's LeBron James to to try and get his crew going. But uh, I'm totally with you. It's great to see the Nuggets get get a game. Obviously, they have to because it is ring night. Then they get one that we'll talk about on Christmas Day. Now, I do think they will get screwed with the time here because the Warriors are hosting another game. I think the Warriors are going to get the better time slot. The Nuggets are going to go early. It's going to be like a 7.30, 8 o'clock Eastern, which is you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock That's local. Point. That's a good point. And they're not going to like that. Um, maybe it'll be a little sloppy to start, but yeah, four teams from the Western Conference, as we just talked about with the in-season tournament, the best teams are out West in general, like, you know, the bulk of them anyway. Uh, but it is a little weird to see uh, no Eastern Conference team and no third game, which they occasionally do. Sometimes they Slip do. one in on NBA TV or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe even a league pass game. Yeah. Like, I feel like the Orlando Magic always play on ring night. <laughs> so they might have a 7.30 tip, the true start of the NBA season. Suns-Warriors, obviously, is interesting, too. Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry. Chris Paul and Bradley Beal both making their debuts for their new teams. I kind of didn't even realize that this is going to be Chris Paul versus the Suns. Chris Paul was on the Suns at the end of last season. It feels like a lot has happened uh, since then, but uh, I guess a revenge game uh, for Chris Paul. And interesting, going to obviously be really exciting to see what a team built around three max contracts, four max contracts, and then 11 minimum contracts is in the Suns. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, trying to integrate Chris Paul into the Warriors' ball movement system, that's going to be interesting to see, and we're getting it on the very first night. I heard, speaking of, of, of the Suns, and the Warriors, I heard on a podcast that Kevin Durant had not played in Golden State, and, I, and I'm repeating that information here, as I said. Didn't think he went back there. I'm seeing a game here. There's been one game since he left years and years and years ago. It was February 13, 2021. He was with the Brooklyn Nets, and he played in Golden State. I guess it was a situation where there was less fans. I'm looking at attendance numbers 
doesn't seem like there's any. They probably still had COVID regulations yeah. at that point. Yeah, so maybe it's Back playing in front of fans for the first time for KD. But, yeah, you can't wait to see what that Suns roster looks like in real life instead of this paper. Like, you know, all those minimum guys, as we've said before, high ceilings with a lot of these names, but some low floors, and that's why they were minimum guys. So so can't wait to see what that uh, – maybe – Bull Bull starting out there. Uh, the world is finally going to be introduced to Chemezi Metu. <laughs> I'm predicting a big Metu dunk on opening night. Um, yeah, I, that's a possibility <laughs> for sure. If they get up and down, we call the summer league game. Chemezi Metu was getting up and down uh, <laughs> for the Spurs, maybe. Anyway, uh, so that, and to just get a slight, slightly more geeky, the NBA season starting a week later this year. That that Tuesday, it's a, it's a week later. And the regular season ending a week later. So it's basically the same amount of time. But I think they're trying to bump it up a little closer to the NBA draft. Like they're just bumping the whole calendar. So there isn't a gap because last year there was like 10 days between game five of the NBA finals and the, and the, and the draft. And so I think they're just trying to make it, you know, make sure so we don't forget about basketball. That's my guess. But that's why they're starting a week later, again, um, ending the season a week later. And we get an extra day in there for a leap year. Wow, that's big time. I yeah. did see there were some games <laughs> scheduled for February 29th. That was one of the teases from uh, Mike Vorkanoff. We got a February 29th game coming. I think it's Heat versus Nuggets, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, man. Let's... I hope Vontigo Cummings tunes in. He's got a birthday that's on February birthday. 29th. Tyrese Halliburton, too, Great I think, memory. is a February 29th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had it. Couldn't pull it up for sure. That That is wild. <laughs> Sometimes you just know two players who were born on Day. Uh, <laughs> Get your February 29th leap year jokes ready. So they moved Schedule the season that. back. Forward. Back, forward, whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it. I remember when it was a big deal that they moved it the other way. When they started a couple of weeks earlier, that yeah. way they wouldn't have as many back-to-backs. So I wonder how that's going to affect teams getting back-to-backs. Like if the number per team is going to go up, I guess we'll see when the schedule is I released. Think, I think it'll be the same as last year, just because it's basically the same amount of days, I think. Because Just one is, week later, it is one week later. I checked. I checked every calendar in my house to make sure that they were all <laughs> correct, and I was. I was looking at the right ones. You get an extra day for your, for a leap year. Yeah, I think the finals just being closer to the draft is the, the whole goal. Uh, yeah, and we got a it, World w- Cup this year, so maybe oh, that's a good point. Another week off or another week to rest in between. But there's the Olympics next year. The other thing I thought that was interesting, um, we haven't seen the full schedule yet, obviously, but. The way that the quarterfinals work for the in-season tournament, mm-hmm. the quarterfinal final games are going to be played on December 4th and 5th in a team's home arena. So each team currently has two games labeled as TBD on their schedule because they don't know which teams need to actually be playing. Yeah. She got two random days that are going to have no games, but we know we're having games that day. That's odd to me. It'll be cool, though. I, I say the NBA schedulers have the worst jobs in the world. That's, Tough job. That's so hard coordinating with your Taylor Swift concerts and like <laughs> and the other sports teams in each arena. Like, yeah, what if Taylor Swift decides? Okay, I had four shows here. I'm gonna do a fifth one because I can sell that one out too. What do they do? What do they do then? I mean, she's she's. Her, I think her schedule set. It's not like the NBA in season tournament. She's got places to go. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's got to go. No TBDs on the schedule. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> TS has zero TBDs, but um, you know it's it's a tough gig. So you're right. There's there's two holes there, and mm-hmm. they got and they plan around that because it could be any four. Sorry, the quarterfinals. So quarterfinals, be, yeah, yeah. The any, knockout rounds, yeah. Yeah, four games, eight teams have to uh, plan around that. That's man, that's 
it's a tough gig. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we also got the five games happening on Christmas Day. Let's see them. That's a list. That's a list, Trey. Bucks, Knicks, 76ers, Heat, Celtics, Lakers, Mavericks, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. Yeah, this is a Shams report, and we don't have the details of the timing of this, but just from looking at it and knowing where these teams are located in the United States, it seems like that's the order. So five games, you know we got to rank them, Tess. Let's do it. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Oh, yeah, top five Christmas games for the 23-24 season. You know the five games that are going to be making the list. <laughs> But I was debating, do I go best to worst or worst to best? I'm a worst to best man, but I can be swayed. Well, I'm going best to worst. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more interesting to talk about the worst games. Uh, So we'll save that for a little bit more discussion. So my favorite game looking at this schedule has got to be the Dallas Mavericks versus the Phoenix Suns. We've got an established rivalry. They met in the playoffs. We've had Booker and Luka Doncic. trash talking each other we're adding grant williams to the mix this year he's already talked about how he likes that there's already some animosity between these teams and he trash talks the entire game anyways despite being probably the third best dude on the mavericks i think that will add uh a little bit to the rivalry this year so yeah i think that's going to be a big game and obviously i mean the suns that'll probably be one of the biggest moment games they have on the calendar at least early in the season so it'll be cool to see them in the bright lights and then like i said earlier i think the mavs are going to be better this season so they should at least have the firepower to go head to head uh with phoenix you think that's a crazy choice for best i'm shocked shocked just because the mavs if there's any question marks amongst these 10 teams yep i think it's the first time i can remember that the nba isn't worried about the knicks on christmas day the knicks are just gonna be good we know that. Usually it's the Knicks. I'm not sure why. You know about that. Yeah, it's the biggest market, so we put them on there, but they may be bad. The Bucks aren't going to blow out the Knicks, um, so there's not anything to worry about there. I think the biggest questions are the Mavericks and the 76ers, as you sort of said sure, when we were talking sure, about sure. the in-season tournament. You never know with the Mavs. You just never yeah, know. That's absolutely right. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm a little surprised, but you're probably right early in the season – Everyone will still be on decent behavior. I say that, and uh, who knows? You never know. You, you, never, know. you never know. But uh, I think the potential for Mavs' sons to have uh, fireworks is the highest. So that's why, for me, it came in number one. Over my number two pick, which I think could be the best game head-to-head, the Warriors versus the Nuggets. We're yeah. talking about the last two champions in the NBA. Both teams have great starting lineups. Questions uh, coming off the bench. Chris Paul will be in the mix uh, this season, but that's just two awesome teams going head-to-head. Two teams that have a lot of respect for each other as well, who are both fighting to be the number one team in the Western Conference. I think that that has a potential to be like a Christmas classic, but I don't feel like they hate each other enough for it to be number one on my list. Okay. Yeah, you and rivalry. Yep. And also seeing the Warriors and Nuggets and other spots on the schedule, the opening day schedule, mm-hmm. and then some rumors about opening night. Yeah, it made me start to think about other teams uh, as well. So Mavericks and Suns, I get it. Yeah, I think the Warriors and Nuggets, I probably would have picked them number one. Chris on Christmas, you mentioned Chris Paul. Um, uh, that's uh, two big games. He's got the Suns 
Uh, and the Nuggets can't wait to see the rest of his schedule. Guess he's going to play some other teams in the NBA. Anyway, uh, Maverick Suns, Warriors, Nuggets. Who you got number three? Three slot Celtics and the Lakers. This one's for all the old heads. This is a classic rivalry the most storied rivalry uh, in the NBA. And we actually had a great Celtics-Lakers game last year. That was the LeBron driving to the hoop. He doesn't get a foul call. The referees said they were going to have many sleepless nights after missing that foul call on LeBron. Patrick Beverly bringing the camera over, showing him clearly you missed the foul call. It was a spicy one uh, last year. Beverly's gone now. Mm. So maybe you're losing a little spice there. We'll talk about Chris Stapp's Porzingis uh, a little bit later. But... I don't know. I just feel like I've seen the Celtics for so, so many years. It just feels like this has been the same team time and time and time again because it's been Brown and Tatum. But this is undeniably a team, uh, a matchup between two of the best teams in the league. I think that's uh, the right spot. I think you put them in the right spot. Now we have gone through three games, five Western Conference teams involved in those games, only one Eastern Conference team. East is down bad right now. East is down bad right now. And... That's why I wanted to talk about these last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four we, and think... five for me. Currently fourth. I've got the 76ers versus the Heat. Mm. I don't want to watch the Heat in the regular season. I wish they didn't have a Christmas game, if I'm being quite honest here. They don't care about the regular season as much, and their grindy style, their... they just play playoff basketball for the entire season, and I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> want to see that. I do like... Um, Jimmy Butler versus the Sixers, always entertaining. Who knows what Philadelphia will look like uh, come Christmas time, whether it be a trade of James Harden. Who knows? We just don't know what that team is going to look like. I would have much rather have seen the 76ers versus the Bucks. That would have been my choice for the 76ers to have a game and the Bucks to have a game. Seeing Giannis, seeing Joel Embiid go head-to-head against each other. And you'd rather have the Heat not play at all. That's right. Who would, uh, who would get subbed in? You don't have to make a game of it, but of, of the... Uh, I've got three choices for you. They're all Western Conference teams. Anthony Edwards versus the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Would have loved to see that. Would have been a huge moment for him. I would also have taken a chance on the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Sacramento Kings getting a Christmas game. Kings would be tough to have them play in New York because New York always gets the very first game. 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's 9.30 a.m. for the Kings, so that sucks for them. But Oklahoma City, I think they're central time. That's only an hour difference. Same with Minnesota. Grab one of those teams who is pretty far east geographically and let them play the Knicks and get the heat out of here. So the last game for me, Bucks knicks I just, I don't know. They're, I'm not excited for that game. It's the first national in-season game, too, so they're trying to hype up the Bucks versus the Knicks. I know we did see Giannis jump over Tim Hardaway Jr. in Madison Square Garden once upon a time, but it's just not doing it for me. Those last two, the two games involving the Eastern Conference, I can see why they didn't put them on opening night. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, I think that'll be a good game, though. It may be... It was Sixers-Knicks, I think, was the kickoff for Christmas in uh, the 22-23 season. And that one was a really good game. Yeah. And the Knicks are good. The Knicks are good, absolutely. As are the Heat. Yeah, the, the both good teams. Um, the Heat, I, I think they will they'll be ready and they'll play, but who knows. Uh, one of those is going to be the nap game. One of those is going to be the nap game. You can't watch 10 straight hours yeah. of basketball. One of those, those Eastern Conference battles, yeah, unfortunately, is going to be a little snooze. Um, but they should be good games. I, I agree with you on, on the list of teams that missed out on Christmas Day. I think John Morant cost the Grizzlies a Christmas Day game. Yeah. And 
the fact that the Pelicans aren't there shows you kind of the state of the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be there. But with what's going on with Zion, injuries, off-court, that's the situation. No Wolves, no OKC was a, 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 definitely a possibility. King's a good one. And I guess they don't want to put Wemba and Yama this early on a Christmas Day game. It's a little too soon. But I, I could see, you know, if there wa- wa- weren't great storylines besides Wembenyama, I could see him sneaking in there. But now we're getting into like 15, 16, 17 teams. <laughs> uh, it's deep, and it's mostly Western Conference teams. Yeah, and Zion Williamson had a Christmas game his rookie year, and he missed it. So that's why they're not putting the Spurs mm. on, because if by chance Wembenyama is not out there, nobody's going to want to be watching the Spurs on Christmas Day. No offense to the Spurs. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking of missing games, and speaking of tall guys missing games, some injury news right after the break. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Back with no dunks. It's time for Tweet X of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet off. Yeah, there's a lot of barking on X. Uh, I'm not sure if you're hearing... It's Hazel, right, JD? Hazel, the dog, uh, the dog yeah. in the background. She was barking during no bunts as well. Yeah, I had to bring her in here. Yeah, oh. she was great in here. She was fine in here. Yeah, it's out there where she sees everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think she's seeing? Amazon, Prime, Prime trucks back and forth. It's because they're gas. Maybe I don't she know. wouldn't be barking if they were electric <laughs> Absolutely trucks. Absolutely not. Because they they were supposed to bring a, bring a fleet. Yeah, What's yeah, a fleet of Rivians, right? Yeah, exactly. Amazon was invested in Rivian to bring electric Amazon vehicles <laughs> to the roads. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. So it's not the neighborhood cats. <laughs> oh, it could. It definitely could be. Could be George cat. taunting them. <laughs> Classic George. George. Too many cats out there. I got to be honest. I'm worried when I get in my car sometimes. Like, I'm going to run over a cat. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. Because they're under, they're hanging out under cars. Some, yeah. That orange one. Is that George? Uh, the orange one is, uh, uh, I think that's Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey. George is the long haired one. Okay. Long haired. He's the king of the, the street. You don't mess with George. 
King of the Street Jungle, George. George. <laughs> George of the, <laughs> the Street Jungle. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to put uh, S's in cats' names because they like the hissing sound. Michael, I don't know if... Cause they, I, that's what I thought. That's why my cat's name is Sushi. I've never... Two had, S's. Oh, okay. That's, that's really smart. That's what I've heard. I've never had a cat, so... I've never had a cat with an S in its name. Mm, yeah, you've got cats. Oh, I have. I have. Yeah. Boots. Boots. There's S. Yeah. Yeah. Boots. Fig. <laughs> Mr. Bojangles, I guess, had an S. Wilbur, yeah. no S. No S. Yeah, they, they like S's, I think. What do I know? <laughs> this is my first cat. We were calling her She-Ra, and then my mother-in-law said, nah. We're calling her Sushi. More of a hard, hard S rather than the She. Mm. That's not what she said, but she just didn't like She-Ra. Anyway... Uh, tweet of the night. You won't like this either. You won't like this news. Couple players missing the World Cup due to injury. Kristaps Porzingis has an injured plantar fasciitis, as was reported by Bobby Manning and Kristaps Porzingis himself. Um, he he put it out in Latvian uh, and used that translate. It said the same thing, but it was too long for the screen, so we went with Bobby Manning. Uh, and an additional one, Jamal Murray, is out for Team Canada. Just before we jumped on, it became official Canada basketball releasing that he will be out for the entire tournament. We knew he was going to miss all of the prelims, all of the the friendlies, but there was hope that he'd come back. Unfortunately, these two guys in similar boats, Trey, where they were trying to make it back. They were trying to make it back, but they're worried about the NBA season. So... For Celtics fans out there, probably breathing a little sigh of relief, I imagine. You think Celtics fans are breathing a sigh of yeah. relief that Chris Dapps Porzingis is hurt before <laughs> the season starts and he already signed an extension? And we just saw the first pictures of Marcus Smart in Grizzlies gear yesterday, the same day that everybody found out about Chris Dapps Porzingis. I don't think that was a sigh of relief you heard, Tass. I think that was a sigh of exasperation. Mm. I don't think Nuggets fans are worried at all. Jamal Murray... Missed a season and a half, then played the longest season of his career. Understandable that he would take the summer off to get his body right to try and defend the championship. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. He doesn't have a new injury. Kristaps Porzingis does have a new injury, which is why you see Knicks fans on Reddit saying, makes sense. They got to make sure he heals up so he can get a fresh injury when the season starts. (laughs) This is... I mean, it's just plantar fasciitis, a wear and tear kind of injury, the thing that kind of heals with rests. As Jay King and Josh Robbins reported, the Celtics are downplaying any concern over the issue. But when a seven foot three guy has foot problems, that is an issue. Yeah, it's an issue. Bright side. It's hard to find a bright side with Chris Alsworthing his injuries. And maybe I I misheard that. (gasps) Sigh for uh, exasperation. I'm with you. I'm with you. But it was uh, decided in coordination with the Celtics team. So everyone is having a look at this plantar fasciitis, which, as you said, it is something that is just rest that that is needed to heal it. It's not a knee. It's not an ankle. It's not anything to do with the ACL, which he ended his all-star season with the Knicks way back when. But it does feel like, yes, it will just be another injury, whether or not it's the bottom of the foot, the plantar fascia, just that ligament. It's just a ligament that just needs repair. Nothing happens. It just needs rest to connect your uh, your forefoot to your heel, and you're all good. But, uh, yeah, the joint decision, as 
Chris Stapp said uh, on Twitter, it's between the coaching staff of the Latvian national team and the Celtics. And it's just, he's got to recover now. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they kept looking at it via MRI, apparently, and it ain't working. Uh, so, I'm with you. Uh, but, but also, like, it's August, so does it, does it really matter? Like, uh, he should be in camp, I imagine. If it, was, if it came down to nine days from now when the tournament starts, they made this decision right now, I imagine he'll be in camp. But, yeah, it, it definitely feels yeah, uh, like same old, same old. He's got a month and a half to rest, which is good. But the Celtics lost Grant Williams. Robert Williams misses a chunk of time every single yeah. season. Al Horford is 37 years old, so his health could take a turn kind of at any point. Porzingis is a huge piece for this team, and he was the shakeup the team needed. There's already going to be a feeling out period going from Marcus Smart being a defensive leader, being the heart and soul of the team, to now bringing in a new piece who needs the ball in a different way uh, and who just plays a different style of game. There are already injury concerns for Porzingis, and the fact that he's now missing time in games that he's been trying to play, it's worrying for the Celtics. This could be a thing that he takes a month and a half off, and we don't hear anything about it again once the season gets here. Or it could be the sort of thing we hear about two months into the season. He has another flare-up, and he's got to take three weeks off. So, I don't know. It's it's definitely worrying if you're the Celtics, especially since they made the trade and they've already decided they're going to pay him going forward as well. It's cornet time, baby, in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I'm reading that thing um, on The Athletic by King and Robbins, it was uh, Bass King Robbins. Maybe they can collaborate there. Uh, it just, yeah, that, that, yeah, they that got cr- the scoops. <laughs> yes! Yes! 31 scoops before the season. An article each day. Um, it, it, yeah, it brought it into to clear focus. Porzingis, Horford is freaking 37, as you said, even though he seemingly looks like he's 27 and he continues to play every year and we feel like here comes the drop-off, here comes the drop-off, and we're saying it in the postseason when the numbers did finally drop off. But also Robert Williams, who only played 35 games last year because they tried to bring him along slowly. Now they've got another guy in Kristaps Porzingis that they're going to try and bring along slowly. They made this deal to get a lot more length in the front court, but you, as you mentioned, Grant Williams is gone. The positives, why they did it, definitely makes sense. The offense is going to be awesome. They also just wanted a, a bit of a shakeup. They were willing to say Malcolm Brogdon is in this deal. Oh, Malcolm Brogdon is injured. Here's another mm-hmm. guy who's injured. Yeah. Uh, we're going to throw Marcus Smart, Boston Celtic, blood green in it because they wanted to change it up that bad. Luckily for them, Tatum and Brown play every freaking game. Um, so that's not a worry. But, yeah, the the big man rotation, literally Luke Cornett's going to be starting games. Um like he did last year because of the the Robert Williams situation. So, yeah, great points, um, great stuff there. And from the Canadian side, this does take uh, yeah a little bit of juice out of this Canadian roster, undoubtedly. Shea Gillis Alexander and him were supposed to be manning a backcourt alongside uh, Lou Dort uh, and and guys in the front court that that was supposed to be their hole. Maybe their center spot was supposed to be their hole with Dwight Powell and Kelly Olynyk. Um, but those guys are going to have to play more as, as this team goes big. Uh, and, and I guess Nikhil Alexander-Walker steps in to this World Cup team, probably into a starting lineup role. Um, so he's played well. 
he looks good. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to the tournament, uh, even if Jamal's not going to be there. But no worries there. You're just you're just because he's been there, done that with injuries. No worries with regards to his injuries. I don't. I don't think so because this to me seems uh, more like let me have a summer. Let me have a summer where I'm not <laughs> rehabbing an injury. Uh, hopefully, I'll be ready for the Olympics, and hopefully, Canada makes it uh, to the Olympics. It just gets a little bit tougher. And like you're saying, I think Nikhil Alexander Walker is the guy who gets the big opportunity to have a role offensively. Shea Gilgis Alexander needs to shoot it better from outside as well. I would say uh, for Team Canada, just because that's something that Murray brings to the table that Shea doesn't necessarily that perimeter threat to just catch fire from the outside um so uh i don't know I, Jokic isn't playing you know he's not playing uh for serbia so not a surprise to me that murray isn't playing as well um what could have also been tweet of the night was Nikola Jokic and aaron gordon <laughs> aaron gordon is visiting Nikola Jokic in serbia and they're watching Jokic's horse together and uh hilarious stuff AG was just as hyped as Jokic was. Yeah. He was, he was loving it. They're buds. They're horse just, buds. Horse buds. Yeah, he got, I think Aaron Gordon got to raise the the horse trophy. <laughs> the trophy. <laughs> after he got the, to hoist the horse trophy. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Jokic's man. He can, re- he can do, uh, he can do the, 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 uh, the Jokic treble. Win a, a championship, <laughs> win a horse championship, and then win these in-season tournament. If he does it all in one calendar year, put him in the Hall of Fame right away. <laughs> Uh, Ag, um, that's great stuff. Yeah, I saw them walking around together. I didn't know. I didn't know they were getting to the horse track. It was a great video. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I'm trying to look to see because you bring up a good point about Jamal Murray could sit, and Canada could still qualify because I do think there's two teams that are qualifying from the Americas. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they could be the second place team in the Americas with their stacked roster. They just got to hope they make it further than. Yeah, the other, you know, the Mexican team and and other Americas teams, uh, Puerto Rico and others. So. Brazil, I think, is a. Uh, are they in the? Uh, they're probably in the Americas, I would imagine. Oh, I yeah, think they're, they're seated pretty highly. Yes, I see them. They're there. Uh, yeah, they should make it to the next round in, with their group. So, yeah, uh, we'll be looking forward to that next Friday. That thing starts, and and we're watching some of the exhibitions, including. Greece versus USA. Join us, playback.tv slash no dunks. It's free. Join us 12 o'clock Eastern on Friday. We'll be watching that game. We'll be back next week to talk a little Hall of Fame, discuss the resumes and whether guys like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rajon Rondo, Al Horford, Blake Griffin, guys like that will get in. Looking forward to that. We'll talk soon. But for now, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, they named a new species of snake after Harrison Ford. What? It's the Tachomenoides Harrison Fordy. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real thing. They really named a snake after Harrison Ford. And his quote afterwards was... (laughs) These scientists keep naming critters after me, but it's always the ones that terrify children. I don't understand. I spend my free time cross-stitching. I sing lullabies to my basil plants so they won't fear the night. (laughs) How many things have been named after Harrison Ford? More than one, I guess. When you said techno whatever you said, you said it great, Harrison Fordy, I thought maybe maybe just the letters made it sound like Harrison Ford, but more than one. Critters named after... 
Tecomenoides Harrison 40. The oh. genus and species <laughs> of a new snake. All right. I hope you sleep as well as Harrison Ford's <laughs> basil plants do. See you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.